Hi, everyone. It's your host, Amy Geckel, and we are here with entry 11 of the Eating Disorder Diaries, a podcast about my 16-year battle with bulimia and my life in recovery. I've been waiting for this episode. I'm sure you can tell by the title that I will be joined today by my wonderful fiance. Brendan is my soulmate, my twin flame, my BFF, my roommate, my confidant, all the things. I talked about our relationship a bit in entry one, but it makes me feel so good to say and to know that I am with my lifelong partner. We know relationships aren't perfect. Ours is not a perfect relationship, but we're definitely in it for life. When we hit obstacles, it's not a matter of, are we going to break up? Is this going to work out? It's more so, okay, this is frustrating. This is challenging. Let's figure it out together. And I love him with all of my heart. When I met him, it felt like I went from existing to truly living. Oh my God, this is so cheesy, but yeah, I will never love someone again. I also feel like I'm getting some good ideas for my vows while I'm writing this. Um, But actually, I'm kidding. If you know me, I'm so anal. I literally have an entire notes app already filled up with all of my random thoughts that I want going into the vows. So yeah, I'm desperately ready to get married, but we've got almost 11 months to go. So Anyways, in this episode, Brennan and I are going to dive into ways to support your partner who is suffering from an eating disorder. We'll talk about how we navigated my eating disorder in our relationship, what we've done to help me in my recovery. We talk about things we could improve on. And obviously we talk about our upcoming wedding and things we're doing to prepare for getting married. I can't believe the day is here. This episode has been a long time coming. So without further ado, let's get into entry 11. How to Support Your Partner with an Eating Disorder, featuring my fiancé, Brendan Hardigan. Hi, welcome to the Eating Disorder Diaries. Hey, babe. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Good to be here. Oh my gosh, we're sitting at our kitchen table recording this episode, and I have to tell you something. I was practicing for this earlier today, basically sitting at my desk, and I was saying my questions out loud. So I was saying, you know, Brendan, this or that, I have a question for you. What do you think about this? And the second that I said, Brendan our dog's ears perked up immediately and they started like freaking out because of course they did, right? They hear your name and they are obsessed with you. My first question for you is who do our dogs like more and why is it me? Well, I think first of all, your answer is completely wrong. And uh, second of all, I'd like to say that I was kind of practicing too, uh, a little bit under my breath today at work and I had one of my coworkers lean over and ask me who I was talking to. So, I mean, I guess we've both gotten our practice in today, but going back to your original question, yeah, the dogs like me the most. I take them on wonderful adventures without falling down mountains. Okay. So what he's referring to here is that last week I took one of our dogs out on a hike up a pretty steep mountain um, while the other was getting surgery. We were killing the time. It was raining. <laughs> We'd been on the hike before, 
But I was feeling adventurous and took the opposite side of the mountain down, and it was a lot steeper. And our scaredy cat dog would literally not follow me down the steep parts, and I'd have to, like, grab her collar and drag her down with me. I have a few battle wounds to prove it, but aside from that, I'm the tree giver, and I'm home more, so by default, we know they love me more. Okay, that's a wrap on that question. Okay, we know why we're here today, which is to talk about ways to support your partner with an eating disorder. And I just want to give more insight into our specific situation. Uh, When we got together, I was really committed to trying to heal fully, and this had been years in the making already. Previously, I'd been in relationships where I was kind of knee deep in my struggle, but that's not where I was when we got together. Uh, Now in the beginning, I would still have the rare relapse from time to time, but it's been a good year, year and a half since I've relapsed. I want to talk about an article that I found super helpful, and it gives five ways to support your partner with an eating disorder. But before we talk about those five ways, can you give your perspective on what it's been like from the beginning having a partner with an eating disorder? Because I can only imagine it's hard for people in new relationships to even tell their love interest. So what has it been like from your perspective? Yeah, I can definitely tell that you're fighting these thoughts and it shows. But I think the difference is, and this is just in the last two and a half to three years, is that you're able to not let it snowball as much as you did before. Yeah. You know, it would snowball to the point where you would indulge in these behaviors, whereas now you can recognize these feelings as they come up and you're able to manage them so much better. Mm. And I've told you this before, but any type of mental illness is never really cured from you. It's just about how much you're able to maintain it and still go on with your everyday life from there. Yeah, it makes me think about what my therapist said in Entry 4, is that therapy gives you a tool to better manage your life. Like I say, I I battle these negative thoughts, but things are a a lot more manageable and peaceful now. It's just like gotten a lot better. I think it's just a way of how we navigate those thoughts when they do come up. And that's what I want to talk about you more with. Yeah, and you'll continue to get better and better and better throughout the years. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I know you'll be there supporting me. Now, I think it's important to talk about how you can support your partner, especially if you're someone who's never dealt with an eating disorder or like doesn't really know what it looks like. The Veritas Collaborative put out an article titled Supporting Your Partner with an Eating Disorder. So I want to read the tips they give and get your thoughts on it and see how like it draws parallels to our own experience. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Ready? Ready. (laughs) All right. So in the article, they give five tips for how to support your partner who's suffering from an eating disorder. The first one is to educate yourself about eating disorders, which I think is major. The next is to refrain from making comments about appearance, which I think is complicated. The third is to avoid trying to fix or stop your loved one's behaviors. The fourth is to shower your partner with love and support. And the fifth is to find support for yourself. And I think they're all legit and good tips that a partner can really use and benefit from. I know you and I haven't been together for the majority of when I was really in the thick of when I was suffering, but you do such a good job showing me like such unconditional love and support with my mental health and my struggles from like getting me out of my head to reminding me 
like when I'm PMSing. I just think you've always been like really supportive and a non-judgmental partner. And I'm really lucky for that. Well, thank you. I always, I always knew you were strong and I always knew you could get through it. I think our partnership is equal and that you support me just as much. And I try to be there for you as much as I can, you know? Yes, uh, it definitely shows. And I love you for it. But yeah, the first tip that the article gives is to educate yourself. And I said it was major because I don't even think I educated myself enough when I was struggling. I didn't realize how common they are or what types of demographics eating disorders impact more. Yeah, I think just from you doing this podcast, I've learned so much and how much of an impact it is on just society in general, right? When you told me that 30 million Americans alone were shut, were affected, it was shocking. Yeah, that number is huge. And it makes me just want to keep talking about it more because that's only reportable data. There's probably even more people out there who are suffering. So we have to keep talking about it and learning about it because I feel like there are ways to heal even when you think your eating disorder is so bad and you'll never be able to break free. There's also probably millions of people out there who have been able to break free. I mean, like we said, 30 million Americans alone, there's got to be millions of people that have cured themselves, right? So I just think the more we talk about it, the better. But yeah, I mean, do you think learning about the eating disorder more has helped you like handle our situation better? Absolutely. Yes. I think I didn't really even know as much as I do now before we started dating. Like I said, I think learning about the way it works and the way it helps you, whether it's, you know, by therapy or by meditations, I think just being aware as much as as much information as possible um, has really been beneficial to me personally. I think so too. I've seen you learn a lot more about eating disorders, to be honest, and just me myself learning about the statistics about just how prevalent they are makes me feel so much less alone. And I think that's something that I didn't know about or look up when I was struggling. And I wish I would have, I didn't even know that I I didn't know how many people it impacted. I didn't know about meditations or breath work or journaling, other ways to heal, whatever it is. And I think it would have really helped. But one other thought that I had about the article is when they suggested trying not to make comments about appearance. And I think this one's a bit loaded and complicated because I crave compliments from you. Yeah, you do. (laughs) But I also get what they're suggesting because for someone who's struggling from an eating disorder and so preoccupied with their weight and their appearance, this could be really triggering for them. Yeah, and I think this can differ from person to person, but I definitely get that. Um, and I always want to tell you how beautiful you are. And I feel like I do constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also important to compliment people's values or your values. You know, stuff like I'm proud that you're killing it with the podcast. I'm proud how well you're doing at work. I mean, just in the last year or so, you were promoted to a manager role and how, how good your cooking is. Okay, your cooking is literally amazing. And summer grilling season upon us you definitely take the cake on that but yeah i feel like (laughs) for sure for sure (laughs) okay fine (laughs) but the sides are on me okay um but yeah i feel like you whenever you do give me a compliment about my values rather than my appearance 
that sticks out it more. sticks harder. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, even sometimes when you're talking about work, I try to make an effort to like tell you that you're killing it too. Right? Yeah, for sure. But again, I mean, like, I'm always going to be fishing for compliments. So I think take that tip with a grain of salt, but I do think it can be useful, especially for someone who is so centralized about the way that they look. And I know it can get heavy and hard dealing with me because I feel like even now I'm still focused on the way that I look a lot of the time. And the last tip in the article says to find support for yourself. And that makes me think back to entry six when I interviewed Lydia and Sabrina who run my eating disorder support group. And they offer a family and friends support group solely for those who have a loved one struggling because they need space too to be like, why is my loved one still doing this? Like they're allowed to be kind of frustrated and have a space where they can talk with others that can relate with them. So I know you haven't meant to that, but I think you do do a lot of things on your own and kind of giving yourself your own space. Yeah. And while I've never been to that, I think if we were more in the thick of your journey, I would be going to something like that. I think because you've come such a far way, I I don't feel that enormous pressure. Obviously, there is some still there, but that's why I kind of haven't gone. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that had we had the resources that we have now and I was still struggling, I feel like we would have done that. But I can rewind back to when I was in the thick of it and I didn't have those resources. Right. And I wish I did. And anyone in a situation like that now, I really think that it will be very useful to go to a support group because I can only imagine that going, you'll be able to relate with people and hear about what they're dealing with, with their person, whatever it is, and maybe get tips to help them in their recovery. But that's just one way to provide yourself with your own support. I mean, like even doing your own thing, not just while it's important, I think to be committed to helping your partner heal. I think it's important to still do your own thing. And I think you do a really good job with that. Yeah. And like, I like to get out into the mountains as much as possible, whether it's snowboarding, rafting, hiking, golfing, (laughs) all the things. Yeah. All the things. Um, I think it's great to do your own thing and it works for us. You know, I think it works for a lot of couples. Um, And I think it's kind of, it it kind of allows us to show up, for ourselves and give ourselves some our own support you know when we can kind of step away and step back and just do our own thing we can we're able to come back with much clearer head rather than you know when you're fighting or when you're like thinking about something yeah we never fight yeah we've never (laughs) fought we've never ever fought (laughs) no i agree with you i love that you do your own thing i do my own thing like both of us i've talked about it in one of the last episodes, both of us will go to the movies alone when either of the other is out of town. Recently, yeah. I saw yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Do you want to go see the Barbie movie with me? I would love to see the Barbie really? movie. Really? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to see that one together. But anyways, I, I feel like... I mean, Ryan Gosling's in it, so I'm there. <laughs> I'm I'm like, oh my God, Margot Robbie's in it. So. Well, I mean, both. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> both! Dream people right there. <laughs> okay, yes. Absolute Barbie again. But yeah, I think we're pretty good at being alone and doing our own thing. But I mean, aside from being alone, finding support for ourselves, educating ourselves, you have 
Any other thoughts on just how we've been able to navigate my eating disorder? I mean, I think you've been really upfront and honest with me throughout everything. And you've wanted to heal. So I think I've taken on that personality myself and trusted you. And it's allowed me to give you more support because you're usually pretty vocal about your headspace. So yeah. it, it really makes me aware of it. Yeah, you know. And yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. I think that in my past, I couldn't always tell a partner or a friend or a roommate when I was struggling or feeling bad. And I really think I had to go internal and find the want to heal in order to show up for myself and for our relationship in the best way that I could. I don't think you have to heal yourself to be in a relationship at all. But I think that the more you're ready to show up for yourself, the more you can benefit from that and in turn soaking your relationship. And in your relationship doesn't have to centralize around the disorder. I mean, you and I still have this amazing thing going all the time. And that's just something that's there and we have to navigate it. Yeah, I would totally agree. It's not like your disorder controls our relationship by any means. But I can see how it could at the same time. So I, I, I think that's well said. Thanks, babe. So, yeah, that's all I got for you for the article. Before we wrap up segment one, let's talk about the wedding. Oh, <laughs> okay, man. spill the deets. What can we share with people? Well, we are getting married at Red Rocks in 2024, uh, about 10 months away. Um, I guess what else is there? Um, <laughs> that's basically it at this point. I, we were trying for a wedding this year, 2023, Mexico, but it fell through. And to be honest, I've been loving the long engagement. Um, what are we doing to prep for the wedding? I, I think for us, it's about understanding what we can afford and going from there, right? We want to make this wedding kind of the best we can. So you know, we've been meeting with different financial advisors and such to understand you know, how we should plan for this and, and, and this and that. Like, yeah, like getting our budget in check for the wedding and then other big purchases we have in the future, the honeymoon house in the future. So I feel like that's the biggest one. Other like fun stuff. We we took engagement photos back in. It was December at this point. It was a great no, day in it Denver. It wasn't December. It was, was December. It? it was December seventeenth we because outside. the morning that we took our engagement photos was the morning in my journal that I wrote the intro for the podcast for the oh. first time. Right. I mean, you would know better than I would with the journal. I I right. I date things, so that's why yeah. I remember things like that. But okay, besides engagement photos. Don't have a dress yet. Don't even have a date to go try on dresses. But my best friend also just got engaged. So I feel like we should go do that together. Um, but yeah, what else? We were reading a book called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Author is John Gottman. My friend Lindsay just got married and she referred that one. Shout out Lindsay. So yeah, that's all I can think of. What are you most excited for about getting married? Well, I guess number one would be you're stuck with me now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave. I'm excited about that you're, too. Yeah, you can't leave. Except most days I'm excited about that. Right. 
<laughs> I get that. Um, I would say just having some stability. I mean, you know, when you're single, you're kind of all over the place. When you get married, you kind of start to settle down a little bit. You kind of start to have some perspective and really understand what the next 50 years of your life may look like. Now that could change with kids and moving and such, but it really kind of settles down and, and puts you into a, a better mindset, I think, of kind of how life is going to go for you. I think that's nice. I think that's a good answer. I feel like it already feels like we're married in a lot of ways, but I also remember when we first started dating and we fell madly in love and we were doing the long distance thing. And I remember texting you being excited about the different types of love that we would have. Like we were kind of in the infatuation. What is it? The honeymoon stage yeah, at first. Yeah. And because I already, I mean, tell me you disagree with me. I knew at that point, like this was for life. And so I remember texting you and it was Halloween and being like, I'm excited for the different types of love that we will experience. The love that we'll have when we're engaged, mm -hmm. the love that we'll have when we're married, then when we're kids, just different chapters of life. So I, I'm excited for the wedding day love and just, I, I picture it all the time. I like get teary eyed thinking about us saying our vows and our parents being there watching us. So I'm pretty excited about all of that. Yeah, I definitely remember when you said um, kind of the different phases of love or different steps of like kind of what we're going to go through. Okay, if you remember it that well, like what was I for Halloween that year? Oh, shit. <sighs> I don't know. I remember you saying that, but I also don't remember what I was for Halloween that year. That was like two okay. years ago. It was a witch. Okay. Do you remember the photos? I wore a little witch hat. No. Okay. I don't remember the photos at all. No. Well, that's a wrap for second I remember one. The impact. <laughs> we will be right back with our final questions for segment number two. Peace. <laughs> Segment number two, we are here with our final two questions. You've listened to all of my episodes several times, mm -hmm. probably because I have them on. Yeah. <laughs> kind of critiquing myself. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and I asked two questions for the final segment. One is a recommendation, and this could be anything, whether you just want to recommend like what you're loving about life, but I like recommendations that have to do with something you're loving right now. So like whether it's a show or an artist or a food or a creator. So maybe give me a couple of things because I'm curious what your say, recommendations can I give you two? are. You can give me as many as you want, to be honest. Okay, cool. And then the second one is a positive self-affirmation, but we will start with your recommendations. So start with your first one. Okay, so I, kind of, I have two that I can think of. Uh, the first one, and I would recommend this to everyone, whether no matter where you live, is just to get outdoors, explore Mother Nature. I think that's been some of the best healing throughout my life. And I know we've been talking about Amy the whole time and kind of eating disorders, but I've had my ups and downs throughout life too. And I think what's been able to keep me going is just getting outside, clearing my mind, and moving from there, kind of 
like I said before, coming coming back to life, coming back to your day to day with a clear head. I think it makes all the difference in the world. I think I remember one time last summer. I remember we went out on the raft with the dogs, and I had been so annoyed all day. And my Instagram caption was something like. I was annoyed until I came out here at the great outdoors, but it really does do that to you. And I mean, I think we're lucky that we live in Colorado and we embrace that and we have fun toys to go outside, but I do love that recommendation. What's your second recommendation? My second recommendation is a show. Amy and I just finished watching uh, Jury Duty on Amazon Prime. No free ads, but... I get it, free ads all the time, okay? Yeah, you do get free ads all the time. We, we, need, to, we need to check that out. I need, to get, I need to be your manager because this is ridiculous. You're, okay. you're throwing out free ads left and right. Here. I will hire you for a $0 fee, but fine. Let's go. Okay. I'm going to charge a little bit more. I want to hear what you like, liked most about Jury Duty. So I'm an avid fan of The Office. Um, I love that it, it was a very similar vibe to The Office, whereas like kind of cameras were following them around and just very natural and I don't know that it just gave off that same type of feeling. So I started off the show really disliking the fact that it was only one person involved in the quote unquote prank. But by the end and by like the sixth, seventh episode, I absolutely loved it. So I would say give it at least two episodes before you turn it off um, because it gets so much better. As they go. And they're only 20 minutes long. Okay. Also, it's so weird because I discovered jury duty before you from my parents. But yeah, it's hilarious. I didn't realize at first that it was kind of semi-reality. But when I was watching it, it reminded me so much of The Office. Amy thought everyone was real. Oh, no, no. I thought they were all actors. I thought the entire show was... Oh, she thought the entire show was actors. So she thought it was just like... Okay, so she thought it was just like The Office where everyone was actors. But yes. in reality, there's just everyone is actors but one guy. So and I it feel is so hilarious. bad for him at the end. So if you haven't watched it, I honestly feel like you should watch Jury Duty. But yeah, I saved Jury Duty to watch with you. I started watching it before you were on vacation or something. And it reminded me so much of The Office that I said, you'll love it so much. So I waited and I'm glad we did. And I love that that's your recommendation. However... Let's move on to the next question. Tell me something that you love about yourself. What's a positive self-affirmation? I love that I can be very patient at times. I feel like I don't get overwhelmed by too many things, whether it's traffic or whether it's just day-to-day activities. Um, I kind of take the mindset that whatever is happening is happening, and there's not much we can do to stop it. So why use energy and stress to get angry about it. I need a patient person in my life and you fill that role for me very Yes, you well. do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really appreciate you coming on. I have one last final question and that is, what do you love most about me? Everything. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks for coming on. I love you. Love you too.
guys, what'd you think? That was my love. I hope it gave you a little bit of a glimpse into our dynamic, but I also hope this reaches someone that's in a situation that could benefit from some of what we talked about. I think what stood out to me is that as a partner, you should be doing your research on eating disorders to learn more about them. You shouldn't try to change your partner because this truly is their journey, but you shouldn't try to blame yourself and you should be doing what you can to give yourself some support here too. I hope you all are having a good week. Thanks for tuning in. We've got more and cheese planned, so I will be back in two weeks and talk to you then. This podcast was written and produced by me, Amy Geckel, with music from Coma Media. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe and follow me on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Diaries. You can also email me at theeatingdisorderdiaries at gmail.com if you want someone to talk to or would like to connect with me. But also, I love when you DM me on Instagram, so do that too. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.